At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Greg Hoops here, and coming at you tonight, you saw Scott Seidenberg, who typically is host of this show on the nightcap, doing a great job over there. And We've got a terrific show for you as we're going to be joined by a pair of great guests. Jim Root of the three-man weave. They do an absolutely terrific job of taking a look at college basketball. He is going to be joining me in 15 minutes. So he's coming up very momentarily. We're going to be chatting with him about all that we've seen in college basketball this week. And then we're going to be looking forward. We're going to be taking a look at what we're going to be getting over the weekend. Any teams that are really jumping out with regards to Perhaps a futures play to him. And then we're going to be chatting with Mackenzie Kramer in the second hour of this show. That's going to be coming up at 11.15 p.m. Pacific time. If you're looking Eastern time, that is 2.15 a.m. He does a great job. He is over there with the Daily Wager. He's a researcher for them. All those like insane stats that you wind up seeing, he is responsible for so many of those. So we're going to have a good talk with him in the second hour. And all throughout the way we're going to be taking a look at what we're going to be getting in college basketball on Friday going to be talking a little NBA as well might fit in there some NHL trends so we've got a little bit of everything going on and right now we've actually got some live basketballs going on as well we've got a trio of games well we've got two games that are competitive and one that pretty much has one final the Arizona versus Utah game if you want taking the points with Utah well it's not going your way right now. 93 to 65. You've got about two minutes and 30 seconds left in this one. Total's already gone over, so you don't need to sweat that one out. It is a total of that one of closing anywhere between 150 and half and 151 right now. Got about 156-ish points on the board. So that one is way over. And Arizona just looking really impressive right now. So we don't need to spend much more time on that. I'll recap it in a minute, but Certainly with regards to live betting implications, you really don't have any of those. This game between Oregon State and USC, this one is very live as Oregon State hits another mid-range jumper. It is 69 to 66 with about 245 remaining. And for USC, it looks like it's going to be another non-cover for them as they were laying anywhere between 10 and F and 11 points. And for USC, they have been unable to cover many numbers recently. They were able to get that outright win against UCLA a few weeks ago, and that's been darn near it for them as 
It's been a very sloppy game to say the least for both teams as we've got another turnover and Oregon State, are they able to cut it to one? Yes, they are. 69 to 68 with 215 remaining. So we are certainly going to be buckling up for safety and keeping our eyes there as you've got USC right now in danger of losing to a 3-1 Oregon State team. An Oregon State team that wound up losing on their home floor to Princeton and UC Davis. That is what we've got right now in college basketball. Oh, and they lost to Samford. Not Stanford. Sam I am for so that tells you how things are going right now in college basketball hey we've seen some craziness all throughout the day anyone that wound up firing in on Fairleigh Dickinson which I always like to say it on this show it doesn't matter what you're betting on whether you're taking a look at the Pac-12 whether it be like Duke versus North Carolina which is going to be coming up next week whether it be the Super Bowl or if it's Fairleigh Dickinson versus Wagner Money to be made. A three-win Fairleigh Dickinson team takes down a Wagner team that had all sorts of control out there in the Northeast Conference as a 13.5-point underdog. They wind up being able to win that game outright, and it's going to be really intriguing to see if you can see, have more of these home underdogs be able to bounce back and be able to have some good performances because if you take a look at home underdogs and the way that they've been performing, it's not necessarily been so good. In the entirety of the season, they're hitting right around 49.5% for the entirety of the season, but over the last seven days, 59, 68, and four against the spread. That's 46.5%. It's not necessarily terrific. And by the way, overs with this USC versus Oregon State game, looking like it's probably going to be going over as this was a closing total of anywhere between 139 and 139 and a half. They're going to be 206 and 162 in the last 30 days as well. That, or in the last seven days, that is a clip of. 56%. If you're looking at the last three days, we have been seeing a little bit more with regards to unders, but still, it's been a relatively solid run for overs. They earned 20 overs to 758 unders, so that's right around a 52-ish percent clip to the over and home underdogs in that time span. 271, 290, and 12 against the spread. It looks like Oregon State is going to be able to help out their cause as you've got Mr. Mobley heading to the free line for USC. Barry's the first, so you're at 70 to 68 with buck 52 remaining there. But certainly has been strange to take a look at things in college basketball because typically you wind up seeing a little bit more home underdogs be able to come through. Typically, things are shaded a little bit more to the under end. It's been a little bit of a strange and wonky year from that standpoint. But what else has been really interesting to take a look at is some of these Hawaii games as well. If you're looking to fire in on a second half, we got one for you as Cal Poly is on the road facing off against Hawaii. Hawaii wants closing anywhere between 11 and 11 half point favorite. And right now it is 28 to 27 if you're looking at the second half line. So you're betting on this just for the second half and the second half only. Right now you've got Hawaii laying anywhere between 6.5 and, and 7 points and your total anywhere between 67 and 67 and a half. So what that means is pretty much that you wind up having 55 points here in the first half with regards to the total because it was 28 to 27, so that adds up to 55. Yet on there, 67. So what they're saying is that the total live is between 122 and 122 and a half, depending on if you get 67 or 67 and a half. And then with Hawaii being a six half point favorite on the second half line, it means that you're pretty much laying seven and a half for the game with them up by one point. So if you want to fire in there, You've got a little bit of action on that. And what else you've got action on with regards to college basketballs? 
taking a look at some of these top teams as well. I mentioned it with Arizona, just the way that they've been able to bludge in Utah. But you also had the number one team in all of college basketball reassert their dominance once again. Gonzaga, they get the win. They get the cover. They take down San Francisco by a count of 89 to 73. And there was a point in the season about a month, even a month and a half ago, that we were saying, all right, is it Gonzaga that's number one? Is it maybe someone else that's number one? I know that Baylor was in the mix. They certainly have taken a little bit of a fall. I think that we can all comfortably say right now that Gonzaga is the number one team in all of college basketball. I recognize that they're doing a lot of this work against, let's call it what it is, outgun competition. But to go on the road to face off against the San Francisco team that many people think is going to be able to make the NCAA tournament and not just beat them, but beat them down the way that they did by kind of 89 to 73 is incredibly impressive. You had in this game, Chet Holmgren go off for 21 points, 15 rebounds, three steals, six blocks, and went two of five from three point range. That is so completely unfair for anyone that's trying to guard him that it's not even funny. You had Drew Timmy have a whole home 20 point, eight assists, nine rebound game. And for San Francisco, I mean, they were able to go 11 to 22 from three-point range, and they still lost this game by 16. We all love Gonzaga and the way that they've been able to perform on offense, but what I think really goes under the radar with this Bulldog team is that they actually entered into this game number three in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. So, I mean, they really do it in both aspects of it. Gonzaga just looking very solid right now, and another team that looked really solid in college basketball on Thursday. And a team that I think could really be able to make some noise in March if they're able to get all their pieces healthy, that'd be Ohio State. You wound up having EJ Liddell be questionable in this game due to an illness, which is why you wound up seeing Ohio State go from more around about a six and a half ish point underdog up to a seven and a half point underdog like we wound up seeing in a lot of places. And for EJ Liddell, 21 points, six boards, and four blocks down low. But what was really impactful for this Ohio State team. Malachi Branham, one of the most underrated players in all of college basketball. He entered in this game in true row games, averaging 14.5 points and shooting 50% from three-point range, and he improved upon that. He made the only three that he wound up taking. He wound up having 31 points in this game. Ohio State is much better because they've been able to find everything with Malachi Branham, with him being able to contribute out there in the backcourt. It's a very lethal team, and it comes to this Illinois team, it is a relatively solid team. I feel like they have played a little bit above their head, especially when it comes to the shooting aspect. You did have Alfonso Plummer in this game go 8 of 10 from three-point range. Andre Cabello was thought to be the guy that was really going to be able to take over things with regards to this offense. Might be interesting to see if he winds up having a little bit more usage moving forward in this game. He wound up having 7 points, 3 assists in 19 minutes, so actually looked relatively solid when he was out there. But when it comes to Ohio State, I do think that they have solidified themselves as one of the top teams out there in the Big Ten. You've certainly got Purdue up there at number one, but then from there, it's all about what flavor you like best. Illinois, Wisconsin, I think you've got to be putting Ohio State in there. Certainly not going to be putting in there Indiana, although they were able to get a win and they were able to get a cover against Maryland. And it's been a Maryland team that has actually been able to cover some numbers recently. But what we do know as well is that when it comes to hierarchy of college basketball, Georgetown is not registering once again. Probably their best opportunity to be, to be able to get a winning conference. Winds up going by the wayside. DePaul was able to cover the two and a half point spread as they are able to get it done late in a game in which 
Looked like Georgetown might be able to spark an upset win 68-65. to And if you ask me, I think that we're going to be seeing a new coach taking over out there in Washington, D.C. relatively soon. We've noticed it with a lot of former players. They just don't necessarily make the world's greatest coaches. And for Georgetown, they were able to catch lightning in a bottle in a weekend out there in the city of New York last year. And that's about all they've been able to capture under Patrick Ewing. So that has been really, really brutal. It's much, much more brutal than what we've got here because what we've got here is just all sorts of great college basketball content. And coming up next, we got Jim Root joining me. He does a great job over there at the three-man weave. You're able to catch your show every single day over there at the Field 68. Going to be talking futures and so much more with him right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the book is brought to you by Zimbic Deep Pouches. It is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zimbic Deep Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and they come in 10 different varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. For your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so that way you're easily able to find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zin is America's number one nicotine pouch, and it is available in 100,000 locations nationwide. That means it's never been easier to find your Zin, so head over to Zin.com find to be able to locate a store that is nearest you. That is ZYN.com find. Warning, this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical as we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Eves and filling in for Scott Seidenberg. And it's great to be joined by our guest. He is a man that, much like myself, began his life out there in the great state of Wisconsin. Now he lives out here in lovely Las Vegas, taking a look at college basketball over there for the three-man weave. For the three-man weave, you're able to follow them at the number 3MW underscore CBB. And for Jim Root, you're able to follow him at the number 2ND chance points. So that's second chance points and Jim Great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Yeah, good to be here, Greg. It's been a, a heck of a day of hoops. Maybe not the the highest quality of, of close games at the end that we thought we were going to see, but we, we, we certainly saw some pretty elite performances from the top teams in the country. Oh, we certainly did. How about the two top teams out here on the West Coast? Arizona along with Gonzaga. Both take care of business. 
both go on the road and both get double-digit wins, both get relatively easy covers. And when you take a look at the hierarchy of college basketball, I personally have Gonzaga number one, and I feel like the gap between Gonzaga and everyone else, it's expanding a little bit more by the day. I don't know how you wind up evaluating this, but I've been incredibly impressed by Gonzaga and not going to give short shrift here to Arizona either. That was very impressive what we wound up seeing tonight as well. Yeah, yeah, I have Gonzaga number one, my, my top-rated team right now as well. Uh, I, I've struggled to figure out what to do with them, uh, wh- whether I should be giving them maybe a different rating for WCC games because they have so consistently blown some teams out. Although, I think they were 0-2-1 against the spread their last three prior to tonight, so it wasn't like they've been uh, completely invincible in league play. But this is maybe their toughest game uh, other than the Saturday uh, one they've got scheduled at St. Mary's. Supposed to be a tough road game at San Francisco, but they, they came out hot, hit some threes early. I think they were seven for 11 from deep in the first half and never really took their foot off the gas, never let San Francisco make the real run at them in the second half. That was really impressive, just doing that on the road. A team that hasn't actually played that many road games this year, only five now. So Gonzaga's number one for me. Arizona, two, I'm with you. I think they're right behind them with, with everything they have, with their versatile lineup. The, the bigs are really skilled up front. Their wings can pass and can shoot and increase that man. He, he shot the, the crap out of the ball today. He was incredible. Uh, but then uh, Kentucky, I think when they're full strength is right there too. That would be my top three. Not sure where you stand on the, the Wildcats, but when they're healthy, I, I think they're up in that stratosphere. Yep. I do think that with Arizona, I've, I think that I'm settling in on them at being number two as well. And then you do wind up having just a big giant hodgepodge from there. Kentucky to your point. I do think that they, at the very minimum, are a top four team. Auburn is a team that I've soured on a little bit more just because with Auburn, I feel like they're absolutely tremendous at home, but I need to see a little bit more out of them on the road because we saw them very nearly lose to your alma mater of Missouri when you're having that. That's not necessarily too terrific. They very nearly lost to Georgia, and then you see them lose at the Swamp. You see them lose at Arkansas, especially the Arkansas loss. That is very forgivable, but but Walton Arena, an amazing home court advantage, but with Auburn, I feel like out of those top teams, they're the team that I have the most question marks with just because their road performances have been very lackluster. Yeah, they, they've got like the, the mainstay with Kessler. He's an incredible interior defender. And Jabari Smith makes shots every time out when he gets the ball. And he doesn't always get the ball because their guards are they're very erratic. And that leads to some of these high-variance performances. I think both Katie Johnson and Wendell Green really feed off the home court atmosphere and that fuels their confidence, fuels their shot making. I think that's a big reason why they've been a lot better at home. Those guys on the road, maybe a little shakier, not knocking down as many shots as they would be at home, not quite as comfortable. So I'm with you. I think Auburn at home is, is one of like, you know, the close to an auto bet for me at this point, they didn't cover the last time out against Ole Miss, but uh, I think they're now 12, two and one against the number at home this year. So that's about as good as it gets. But heading into March, if they are, you know, the the last one seed or, or a two seed, I'm not sure if I'm going to have the same kind of confidence that I thought just because that guard play has gotten a little more up and down and, and harder to gauge at this point. Yep, I'm right there with you. Auburn at 10 to 1 in a lot of places to be able to win the national championship. I don't think there's a lot of value there. We're both in the locks up that Gonzaga should be the number one overall team. I just can't fire in on a team like Gonzaga at 4 to 1. I think that the odds right now are a little bit too short. I personally am more of a guy that I wind up going game to game. I'm not very much of a futures guy personally. I know that you've got a couple of futures, Jim. 
Is there anything out there on the board that you think has a lot of value, whether that be one of the top teams or maybe a team that's a little bit further down the board? Yeah, just looking at what we've we've got up on the screen there, uh, it, it's it's tough to to gauge you know, any of those top teams. I feel like the value's kind of sucked out. The one that's that's intriguing to me still is the Razorbacks, Arkansas. You mentioned them earlier. Uh, they are better at home, so maybe they fall into the trap of of Auburn and and some teams like that. But seventy to one for a team that's really surging right now. They've been incredible since the turn of the calendar over to January, and I think they actually are six and two against the spread now on the road. So it's not like they just kind of collapse when they leave Bud Walton. They've been a lot better than than maybe even I gave them credit for early on in the season. Uh, I know their fan base was beating the drum for them at the beginning of the year, and and, and the way this this roster could come together. It took a little longer maybe than we expected, but uh, Musselman's got that lineup clicking. He's figured out rotations. They've got the pecking order figured out offensively with no tie. And then uh, Devo Davis coming off the bench. Now Jalen Williams is the facilitator in the front court. I think Arkansas still has pretty solid value at that 70 to one price. I'm right there with you with Arkansas. They've won 12 out of their last 13 games. They went on the road. They knocked off Florida. Now I always say this when it comes to like home underdogs, home teams that are in very, very tight spreads. Typically, they're all really good except for Florida. I have no idea how. I have no <laughs> idea why. But every time you find Florida in a spot where they're like a very slight favorite unranked against a ranked team, they're like the one team that you want absolutely no part of because they're like your buddy at the bar. They just do not close out in those games. And we wound up seeing it once again. But with that said, when it comes to a team like at Arkansas, because I was like you coming into the year, I thought that they would be an okay team. I thought that they'd be sort of like a fringe top 25-ish team. They've clearly looked a little bit better. How important is it to be just adjusting throughout the season? And how much do you want to actually be trusting in your preseason rankings? Because I do think that you have to have sort of a 50-50 approach when you wind up coming into the year thinking that a team is going to be solid. You don't want to just completely bail on them. But at the same time, I want to doing this with Iowa State because I thought that they were going to be really bad out there in the Big 12. You got to jump aboard at some point. And while the bookmakers were not really giving them the respect that they deserved in December and January, there was a lot of money to be made on them. Yeah, it's it's kind of a balance between, you know, believing in your preseason ratings, but also not being stubborn. You, you got to realize when you're wrong sometimes. I think one thing I'm going to try to do next year, Greg, that I, I haven't done in the past is maybe try to figure out a confidence level with my ratings coming into the season on a team where, if it is somebody like Arkansas that I'm really against the market or, you know, a lot of uh, predictions, preseason stuff had them top 15 ish. And if I'm outside of that, I have them closer to 30. Then maybe I should be more willing to, to move off my rating there uh, and just try to have kind of a, a comfort level with each team's rating. So if it's something I'm more confident in and they, and I lose betting on them twice in a row, Maybe I stick with it and ride it out for a little longer. But if it's a team that I'm just, I'm not real confident in, maybe they had a bunch of roster turnover or a coach I don't know that much about. Like if they hired a new assistant, somebody like Arizona, hired assistant, a coach we didn't know that much about. Maybe I should be a lot more flexible early on with that rating and, and try to get ahead of the market if they're playing really well. So I think that's an important way to look at it too. Of some, not, not all ratings are created equal. Some are more set in stone and more confident than others. Yep, I'm right there with you. I do think that is a case in which you try to get as many right as humanly possible coming into the year. There's 358 D1 teams. Nobody's going to go 358 out of 358. The bookmakers aren't. Ken Pomeroy is not. I'm not. So trust me, it is one of those cases in which you've got to accept some of your losses and 
you have to cherish the wins as well. So I do think that that's so important to be able to do a little bit of a balancing act on. And Jim, we've got about uh, 45 seconds before we wind up heading to break as well. Is there a team that you've been noticing the last few weeks that has either been a little bit more bullish slash bearish as compared to what we wound up seeing a little bit earlier in the year, a team that's maybe surging slash declining? Yeah, let's keep it close to home, Greg. How about UNLV, man? The the running Rebels have been incredible lately. Uh, I, I believe at Circa, they went from 28 to 1 to win the Mountain West, and they're up to like 10 to 1, maybe even less than that right now. They have been playing great. They had a ton of new players coming in and a new coach. So I think that's the kind of team that had every right to get better. I believe in it. I, I thought Kruger was a really good hire there. So UNLV certainly a team I'm keeping my eye on down the stretch and especially hosting the Mountain West tournament. I think they're a threat. I do think so as well. And coming up next, we're going to be coming back with Jim Root and we're going to be taking a look at some of the games that we've got on the college basketball betting board for Friday. That is up next right here on The Look At on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Need more college basketball insight? Check out Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Hoops Peterson, who will be looking at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to be able to find you betting opportunities. It's not some of the minor ones, it's all of them. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season, and he provides us on his podcast with his unique insights and looks for these games with solid betting opportunities. Download Coast to Coast Hoops on vcin.com slash podcast or every year podcast. And while you're there, catch up on every single vcin show as well as it is a look at with myself, Greg Hoops Pearson. And speaking of that podcast, it is going to be up in about 90 minutes. And a man that joins me on there quite frequently that would be Jim Root. We are joined by him right now. And Jim, first things first, we have to address this. We're about 15 seconds away from having double overtime between Oregon State and USC. Oh. And I don't know about you, but I've had a tough time getting behind USC because they're a team that in the NCAA tournament, I legitimately think that they can make a run because you do have Isaiah Mobile who does a solid job. You've got a team that typically they do a halfway decent job on defense, but I also take a look at USC and I can't trust this team whatsoever to be able to pull out a game on the spread. I don't know how you feel about them, but it just feels so strange. Yeah. I mean, tonight's a great example. Like everybody's blown out Oregon state. It's kind of like clockwork. They have gotten some massive, massive spreads in conference and here's USC maybe going to double overtime with them. Like I get the idea of maybe it's a little bit of a letdown, look ahead to the big game revenge game at Oregon over the weekend, but you got to take care of business here. Trojans, you're, you're much better than this team. They haven't been able to stop Deshaun Davis tonight. He's, he's kind of putting on a show, a tip of the captain. He's trying to keep you entertained, Greg. That's what's going on. They're going to double overtime to keep you entertained here on the look ahead. Uh, yeah. USC, Last year, they went to the Elite Eight. They had the elite size with Isaiah Mobley. They still have pretty good size this year, uh, but I'm not as into the backcourt. I think Boogie Ellis still carries a little bit of erratic nature to him as a, as a lead guard, and uh, Peterson and, and Ethan Anderson can be up and down. So I don't fully trust USC, but it also is a team that I'm not fading a ton either because I don't have a great read on them against the number. And the most hilarious part of what we're seeing right now USC is actually 18 of 21 at the free throw line. They have been terrible at the free throw line. Oregon State is 8 of 18. So, I mean, the exact reversal because 
Typically, when you fade USC, you're thinking that they're just going to stink it up at the free throw line. It's been anything but that. So, I mean, that's been really random. Speaking of really random, that's sort of the card that we've got for Friday because you don't necessarily have really too many marquee games that are going to be going down. The only ranked team is going to be Iowa. They're going to be going on the road facing off against a Nebraska team that, boy, they are last by a country mile out there in the Big Ten. And right now, that's reflected in the spread of right around 11.5-ish. Cholon's game, 161.5. Are you bold enough to take a shot here on Nebraska? Because I actually might be. I I mean, I've lived a full life, I guess, because it's been (laughs) certainly interesting. Take a look at this Nebraska team. They've been a little bit better at home. I just don't trust in this Iowa defense. Not sure where you stand here, but I think 11.5 might be a couple too many here. Yeah, it felt high just by where I have them rated. It, it Fading Iowa with Nebraska just is dangerous because it's a game where you could just be super wrong. Like Iowa could win by 30. And, you, you know, if you're, you're comfortable with that, I, it's, you know, it's fine taking the risk. But like if it's somebody's trying to pick one or two games to back in that day, that might not be the one. If you're somebody like you, Greg, that's it's been most of the board or the entire board, then I think I would, you know, gun to my head, I would take Nebraska there. But I'm just so scared of that. Oh, you know, I was up 40 to 20 and and suddenly it's, you know, you're digging out of a hole there. Um, I, yeah, Nebraska, not a team I totally trust and and Iowa's offense has really been taken off. So I'm probably staying away, but numerically I, I would be on Nebraska if I had to be. Yeah, it certainly is a case of which Nebraska is what we would consider to be a plug and play sort of team. Yeah. Plug your nose when you wind up placing that bet. <laughs> And you hope that it winds up king there. And I do think that there's a little bit of value here. Anything of double digits, I take a look at Nebraska here, but certainly not a team that has necessarily been able to pull through outright. And when it comes to the other game out there in the Big Ten, I actually do think that this is going to be an intriguing one. Penn State playing host to Northwestern. Northwestern, a one to two point underdog, depending on where you look. And Penn State has been great at home. Penn State on the road is a team that I want absolutely no part of. But when you wind up going to Happy Valley, the team that I could get behind. I wound up saying my number at two, so two is the absolute maximum I'd be willing to lay in this spot. I'm not sure where you stand on this, but I think that it's a case in which the home court advantage for Penn State needs to mean a little bit more than three points because their home and road splits are much more demonstrative than most teams. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. They're eight and five against the spread at home. They've been really, really good as like a dog in these Big Ten games. No one has been able to blow them out. Uh, They hang around. So obviously they're not a dog in this one, but Short spread, just have to win. I am not a huge fan of Chris Collins in charge of Northwestern. I think there's a coaching edge for Micah Shrewsbury for Penn State. I've also been hitting Penn State unders quite a bit frequently uh, because they they play so slowly. They don't have a ton of depth. They really want half court games. I mean, so the only way you're losing that usually is is via hot shooting. They're not really susceptible to a fast up tempo game where suddenly possessions get out of control. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under on that one, uh, especially if I can get a good number. It's ticking up a little bit. If I can see 130, I'll probably buy back against the steam. Yep, I'm right there with you. I do think that if we can continue to get this going a little bit further, because I set my total at 128, now we're up to 128 and a half, seeing at DraftKings a 129. If we're able to get right around that 129 number, a little bit higher than that, I certainly am going to be taking a little bit of a look at the under as well. And then if you're looking at really the highest performance college basketball in my opinion i actually think that it's going to be out there in the atlantic 10 with the st louis versus richmond game this one's 883 884 on the betting board 
with Richmond between a two and a half and a three point favorite. Not sure about you, but I've started to sour really on this St. Louis team because with St. Louis, they're just creating too many turnovers. Meanwhile, you've got a Richmond team that if there's something that they do really well, it's not turn the ball over. They do a nice job at being able to take care of the ball. Not really doing a great job on defense, but at the same time, being able to control the ball, I think is going to be very important against the St. Louis team. I was willing to lay up to four with Richmond. Not sure what you wound up coming up with, but I just think that the turnovers are too costly for the Billikens. Yeah, and I think even specifically uh, drilling down into the turnover issue here, it's primarily Yuri Collins, their point guard. He's been brilliant passing the ball, but it's high risk, high reward with him. And now he's going against the NCAA's all-time leader in steals in in Gilliard. I think that is a matchup that is really going to be brutal on the Bills. I I think Collins is going to be great especially next year if they get Javante Perkins back and he has more scoring options around him. But when he's forced to create for himself, he's not as effective. Gilliard can make his life really, really difficult. And that just that Richmond offense is is tough to handle. So I'm, again, maybe not betting this one, but I think that matchup point you brought up is really spot on, especially with the the point guards going head to head there. A lot more experience on the side of the spiders in that one. Um, So, yeah, I think you probably have the, the right side with Richmond. And we've got one team with a demonstrative trend that has been going down all season long. And we're going to be seeing that coming up on Friday. Got a good old Ivy League battle between Harvard and Princeton. When I'm talking about Princeton has scored at least 69 points in each out of their last 22 games. They rank in the top 15 with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. Harvard, ever since Chris Ludlum has went out of the fold, they certainly have not been the same team right now, seeing a spread of between 7.5 and 8, really a 50-50 split, depending on where you look there, with a total between 142 and 143. Not sure if you've got much of a feel for this game, but I really like this Princeton team. I think if they make the NCAA tournament, I'm not saying that they win a game, but I think that they could provide a scare. I'm going to be willing to lay it here, and I'm going to be taking a look at them continuing to score. I'm looking at an over. Ooh, yeah, I, I like the over quite a bit. Uh, I'm actually on the other side of you. I, I, I like Harvard here, just mostly, mostly on a spot play. Uh, they're really backs against the wall trying to make the Ivy tournament. They're basically tied with Cornell for that fourth spot, trying to get in there. Princeton's more comfortably in, still competing for an Ivy title, so it's not as though they have nothing to play for at all. But uh, I think Kirkwood can be a little bit of a matchup problem for Princeton. Uh, big ball-handling wing better athlete than most players on Princeton, other than uh, Tosan and Wonham, they're, they're big forward. So I, I think Harvard is going to play with a little bit of desperation here. I wish they had Ledlam back. I wish they had Trout back. I wish they had Lesman back. They're down some key players. That's for sure. But uh, I think they're going to be able to hang around just a little bit and, and compete with that very lethal Princeton offense with you on the over though, for sure. Yep. I want to say my total at a one forty six and a half. So I see a nice little edge there. And Jim, Got about 30, 45 seconds left. Is there maybe another game for Friday that is catching your eye, or did we wind up hitting pretty much all of them? Uh, no, some of the Sunbelt games, Greg, I, I, I took a look at, and it's tough because basically every team has clinched their seating, so you're not finding any real motivational edges, but I think the number for Louisiana is a little too high on the road at Georgia State, so potentially taking the points there. And then I also like Troy. Uh, getting uh, the, the playing against Texas state who might be a little fat and happy after they just clinched the outright conference title. Maybe you get them on a, on a bit of a letdown effort there. I think Troy could be worth a look as well. Scott cross, really, really good coach in the Sun Belt. 
I'm right with you there. As long as I can get them as Moneyline underdog, I'm going to be feeling good about that. And I always feel good about talking with you, Jim. You do absolutely terrific work, along with all the gentlemen over there at the Three Man Weave. Thank you so much for joining me right here on The Look At. Yeah, thanks for having me, Greg. Perfect. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at the NBA right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSN.com to check out the current betting splits data. This is a new feature that gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. It is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out betting splits for every single game today at VSIN.com as it is a look at with myself, Greg Pearson. And if you're looking for a little bit of action here on this very, very late Thursday night out here in Las Vegas slash early Friday morning, We've currently got double overtime between Oregon State and USC. There's eight seconds to go. USC is up by kind of 94 to 91. So you've been able to bet this live if you wanted to throughout multiple overtimes. There's a possibility we might be getting a third overtime. I think it might be coming to an end here as Oregon State's going to need to follow. But absolutely insane when it comes to college basketball where you're all able to get Jim Root a man that does a great job will be able to cover all that over there at the three man. We've joined me the last two segments. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last two segments. Now that we want to talk in quite a bit of college basketball. How about if we dive into the NBA as it was the first day out with regards to teams coming back from the all-star break on Thursday. So wind up seeing some very interesting action out there. A lot of the teams that they did not wind up playing on Thursday. Well, they're going to be taking the hardwood here on Friday. So I do think that you're going to get some good action here. And a game that I'm going to find very intriguing here is what you're all going to be getting in this game between the Miami Heat and the and the New York Knicks. Knicks are finding themselves right around a four and a half point underdog with their total between 211 and 212. And take a look at the Miami Heat. They find themselves at the top of the Eastern Conference. And the team that I've been very impressed by, it's the Miami Heat bunch that 
you certainly are always going to get your best shot with them. You've got pretty much the all-effort team with guys like Jimmy Butler and company being able to headline this bunch. And then you take a look at the flip side for the New York Knicks, and it's been a team that has won 13 and 17 at home. They've actually been pretty much as good on the road as they have been at home this season. Julius Randle certainly has been able to do his part all season long with the Knicks, but they've just had a big, giant calamity when it comes to this team. I mean, you thought that Kemba Walker coming home was going to be big, but he has pretty much been shut down for the remainder of the season, so Knicks are going to be without him, and even when you did wind up having Mr. Randle out there, certainly was not going his way. You have had Derrick Rose be all sorts of banged up this season with Derrick Rose. He has been limited to, I believe, just 26 games. So that has been a big issue for this bunch as well. We saw what he was able to do towards the back half of last season. So now you're going to be relying a lot on Mitchell Robinson to be able to create down low. And Mitchell Robinson just has been a guy that has never really been able to take off. The promise it always feels like is there. It feels like he'll have like one or two games. He'll show a couple flashes like... Going into the All-Star break, he wound up having three-plus blocks in the final three games. You're just starting to get excited, and then he winds up taking a big, giant step back. So I just don't know if I can have a lot of faith in this team. And for the Miami Heat, they've done a good job of being able to find their blend that's ideal for them. Tyler Hero coming off the bench. He is very much the odds-on favorite to be the sixth man of the year. I think that he's down to minus 1,400 at this point. So he's pretty much ran and hid with that award, but... And you take a look at the way that they've been able to mix and match with guys like Omir Yurt7, who wound up getting some little bit of unexpected playing time. And he was really able to do a solid job when he wound up getting a bunch of minutes. Moving forward, you'd expect him to be a little bit more of a back-of-the-bench guy, a guy that only gives you right around 10 or so minutes. But he proved that he can play in this league. You've got someone like a Caleb Martin, Max Struess, these guys that, I mean, once again, they're not guys that are going to be playing like 30 minutes or anything like that. They're not guys that are going to need to go off for like 20 points, but I mean, Struis this year is averaging right around 10 and a half points per contest. Has seen a little bit of a lesser role since all the regulars have come back, but shooting 40% from three-point range, this organization is doing a good job of being able to find diamonds in the rough, and that's big when you take a look at what you're able to have with regards to the front line, and then how about another guy that was overlooked really coming into the NBA in Duncan Robinson. The way that he's been able to perform this year, giving you 12 points per game, They've only been able to shoot right around 36.5-ish percent from three-point range, but a lot of that was because he had a relatively rough start to the year. And really, when you take a look at the NBA, a lot of guys wound up having very pedestrian starts of the season, especially from the outside. They had a tough time being able to acclimate to things ever since the turn of the new year. Duncan Robinson has been shooting a little bit closer to about 38.5, 39-ish percent from three-point range. So I do think that the Miami Heat are in relatively good position, as I always do with the NBA. Not really a guy that's going to be taking anything pre-flop. I'm always more of an in-game better because when it comes to the NBA, you get just more volatile runs in this league rather than, I would say, any other sport. Now, you get runs in every sport. Let's call it what it is. I mean, in baseball, you wind up getting in there the right closer, and all of a sudden, he winds up giving up runs. Obviously, college basketball has theirs. The NFL, what comes up must come down because sometimes you wind up having a fluky player or two that winds up putting a team behind the eight ball and then they wind up coming back. But it feels like without fail, the biggest sport for just all sorts of runs is the NBA rather than laying like four and a half points here with the Miami Heat. If they wind up getting down 10 points in the first half, you're able to get a significantly better number instead of having to lay four and a half points 
perhaps at that point all you need to do is take a relatively even price on the money line just need them to be able to win the game outright and then you wind up taking that out of the fold so I do think that that is something to take a look at with regards to being able to handicap the NBA I personally if I'm looking anywhere I'm looking at the Miami Heat in this spot really no feel for the total of the Miami Heat I've been able to do a relatively solid job on defense but We've noticed that these NBA totals have really been going all over the place. You wind up seeing that big barrage of unders towards the beginning part of the season. But you take a look overall at the NBA this season, even with that big barrage of unders. And it's now been relatively 50-50 with regards to overs and unders. Coming into Friday, it's going to be 438 overs and 437 unders. This has to be the first time all season that we've had more overs than unders with the entirety of the NBA season with the way that Things wound up getting started up. You wound up seeing it in the first night pack. You wound up seeing three overs and two unders in the first few games. So I do think that that's going to be really interesting to take a look at. And if you just want to take a look at the last 30 days in general in the NBA, 100 overs is 71 unders. Obviously, you wound up having the all-star game in there. So you did wind up having a couple fewer games inside of that. But I do think that that's intriguing to take a look at. And favorites have really been rolling in the NBA as well. You typically see it where at the beginning part of the season, the favorites, they are not necessarily going all out. They're realizing that it's a marathon and not a sprint. I feel like a lot of these teams have really flipped the switch over the last 30 days. Favorites against the spread, 102-69-6 against the spread. That is absolutely remarkable. That's why it covers. And it's really a case in which I do think that you want to be taking a look at quite a few of these favorites when it comes to the betting board for Friday and it certainly is a case which I do think that the Miami Heat should be able to pull it out as well when it comes to this game you got a relatively sizable favorite here as well as you've got the Suns playing us in New Orleans Pelicans Pelicans a little bit of a new look team they open up right around a six and a half point underdog and you're finding them anywhere between seven and seven and a half right now finding a seven and a half at DraftKings with a total and it's hovering between 224 and a half and 225 and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what you wind up getting out of New Orleans because this is a team that they just look to be dead and buried at the beginning part of the season. They got off to a cataclysmically bad start. They were at one point, I'm not even kidding here, 2-14. and 14. And then from there, they've really been able to pick it up ever since that 2-14 and 14 start. This is a team that they've been 500 ever since then. I believe that if you're looking officially, they're on something like a 21-22 and 22 sort of run. So they've been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to right the ship. Now with the Pelicans, as we know, there's been a lot of injuries. You haven't been able to get darn near anything out of Zion Williamson this season, but you're going to have the coming of C.J. McCollum to New Orleans, and I think that that's going to be really able to spark a little bit of hubbub. He's a guy that has been in the last four games for the team able to score at least 30 points in three of them. So I think that that's really going to be able to spark this bunch. I've always been a little bit of a fan of Brandon Ingram, guy with some good versatility. Now, when it comes to what you're able to get outside of really the main backcourt pieces of this team, it is a little bit more of a horse piece situation. You do have Jonas Valanciunas, who does a solid job down low, has a little bit of liability when it comes to his offense. Jackson A's, Herbert Jones, I mean, these are relatively solid guys, but at the same time, I've watched Herbert Jones while he was at Alabama. The fact that he's right now getting starts is a little bit surprising because he's really a master of nothing. He's sort of a Swiss Army knife does everything relatively okay sort of guy. I never thought we would necessarily be seeing him at the NBA level getting meaningful minutes, but here we are with that. And then you take a look at the flip side for the Phoenix Suns, and 
as we know, they're going to be without Chris Paul. That is going to be hurting them a little bit. But even without Chris Paul, I do think that this is going to be a team that is going to be relatively fine. You're going to be looking to Alfred Payton and Aaron Holiday really doing all that they can to be able to run the point. But you still got Devin Booker out there. Still got DeAndre Ayton down low. So I do think that it's a Suns team that puts themselves in relatively solid shape. I'd want to be seeing how the Pelicans wind up looking towards being a part of this game to take a look at a live bet personally. As this has been our number one to look at in our number two, going to be giving out my play in college basketball for DK Nation right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.